Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. like to welcome up our amazing pastor Jesse. Let's give him a hand. Good morning, everybody. All right, I I have some things on my heart I want to share with you guys this morning. God definitely um, has lately been kind of changing the plans that I've had, and I'm cool with that. You guys cool with that? We we want to try to do what we can to follow him the best we're able to. Um, we don't always nail it, but we're, we're doing what we can. So, um, <clears throat> last night, I, while Jessica was uh, at the Dave Wagner conference, I was at home with the kids, and um, I, I was working, uh, while the kids were getting ready for bed, I was, I was working on a book I've, I've started writing recently, and I actually felt like God told me that I need to tell you guys about it today. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take a couple of minutes and let you know about it. Um, this is something that I, I really feel like the Father put on my heart. Um, it's, not, it's not the book I told you guys about a while back. <laughs> that, uh, there was something new that he put on, me, on my heart about a month or two ago, and I've been hammering this thing out like crazy. But it's, it, believe it or not, it's actually a book about um, I, I, my working title. This may change. It's called Dating with Dignity. What? That's pretty random. This sounds kind of random for me because you don't hear me talking about that kind of stuff, really. But uh, I, I just really felt recently the Lord put it on my heart. And when Valentine's Day was coming up, Jessica and I both actually felt a real heart of the Father for the single people. Um, and and I, I know that there are people who are single who hope to get married one day or maybe, maybe people have been married and they want to get married again. Um, and I, I think, I just feel like the Lord um, feels heart for people on, on that area. Because um, I feel like, it's kind of weird to be, me even saying this to y'all because it's a little vulnerable. Because I've never talked about this before in front of people. Um, it's, a lot of people don't have healthy father figures to help show people the way, how to do relationships in a healthy way. And, and I just really felt like God wanted me to put together a book just to share a lot of the biblical and spiritual and experiential wisdom that he gave Jessica and me over the years um, through our experience. And not all of it was perfect, but we learned even from that too. But um, I've been diligently trying to get this out. I actually had an unrealistic um, goal to try to knock that thing out before Valentine's Day, but here, here we are. <laughs> couple of weeks later. It's not done yet. Um, I, I think I have all but about four chapters done, though. I've been, I've been banging the thing out, guys. Um, it's, it's like really heavy on my heart. As a matter of fact, I want to tell you part of the reason why is God's, God is opening the floodgates right now with, with revival and outpouring. And if you haven't noticed, like he's starting to really stir things up with the youth and young adults. And we're going to see a, a revival harvest. It's actually like, 
I, it was the divine strategy of God for that new movie. What's that movie called? Jesus Revolution? I didn't get to see it yet. I want to. But I, I, know, I know about it. It's about the Jesus people movement, right, in the 70s. And uh, it's just crazy. The, the movie literally came out right at the outpouring of Asbury. That's, that's nuts. Like that, that just, it's, it's a sign and a wonder. It was not, who, they, didn't, they didn't like call Asbury when they decided to write that movie. Be like, hey, are you guys planning your revival? That's when we're releasing it. Only God can do that. But, but the reason I'm bringing that up is because I believe we're going to start seeing a harvest of young people who have not had fathers and mothers to walk them through the wisdom and how to, how to handle and manage your singleness wisely and healthy. And, and to enter into relationships wisely and healthy. People haven't had role models in this stuff. And so I am and I'm in no way trying to book myself up with appointments with people about how to do relationships. So do not hear that. You're going to need to read the book. That's why I'm writing it. Okay? <laughs> That, that I, can't, I can't shift my focus into, my, my calling hasn't changed, right? But I felt like you wanted me to write this book. I feel the, the heart of the Father in it. Um, I, I would just read a few things I wrote down while I was thinking about sharing this. I see the lack of health in a lot of people when it comes to relationships. Many of who don't have healthy father figures helping them navigate singleness and relationships. That's why, that's why it's in my heart. Um, I'm hoping... People will read this book with open hearts, willing to adjust perspectives that they're used to and be challenged with biblical principles. Um, Hope that people will read it and feel the goodness and the strength of God to manage their lives with dignity and relationships. Come on, guys. Does anybody else think this is kind of a good idea? Come on. And and also, yeah, and and I, I also hope that um, people who are already married would also read it. Not, not necessarily for your sake, but so you can also gain wisdom and strategy on how to mentor and father and mother other people how to do these things well. Because God is trying to create healthy families, right? That's one of our main core values, right? Well, we got to get out front of this even with our single. Single people, I love you all. I want you to know that. And I, I want the best for you. You guys hear my heart? Thank you, you four people. I'm glad that you, you guys need to go talk to the other ones later, all right? All right. I also wanted to say I hope God will help me get this thing done in time to help some, some people make wise decisions before your, your time comes. Um, I really want to have this ready for people for, for a revival coming, a harvest so we can disciple. We've got to be ready to disciple people. Amen? This is part of it. Relationships, they can make you or break you. So that's, that's why this is on my heart. And I, I want to ask you guys, please be praying for me in this too as I'm finishing it up. And just, I don't know how it's going to get out or anything. I'm going to have to get like editing and the book cover, all, all that stuff. I don't even want to think about that. I really don't. Please pray for me, but also pray for those who would read it, that God will do something good in their lives as well. Amen? All right, are you guys all right? You guys are my peeps. Come on. I, I want to seriously know, does anybody think that that is a good idea, what I just told you? Come on. 
That, that gives me a little bit more encouragement. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> very vulnerable. All right. If you, if you didn't come last Sunday or haven't heard last Sunday's message, I want to encourage you guys to listen to it. I shared about just, just our response to the revival outpouring that started. Um, shared a lot of practical concepts and, and ways that we need to perceive how that impacts us and how to prepare ourselves for it and all, all these kind of things. And so I'd love for you guys to go back and share that. Um, <clears throat> I do want to take a few minutes here, however long it takes, and share with you guys about my, my little trip to Asbury this week that I got to take. So, yeah, I, I wanted to do it. I thought that thing was just going to go forever. And so I kind of didn't book my time down there when everybody else wisely did. <laughs> and so I missed my chance. I thought I did. I thought I missed it. I was planning on going on Wednesday or Thursday this past week, but then I found out that they were shutting her down. Not in a bad way. A lot of people are like mad about it. It's like, no, you got to steward what God's called you to do. Amen. And so they're stewarding things, and, but, they're, but they're also empowering people to take it out because we don't want to just hoard the kingdom to ourselves, but instead go, right? Go, take it with you. But Patricia Foxworth, my faithful lady over there, raise your hand. Everybody knows Patricia over here. Wonderful woman. She, um, she kept giving me all these updates about things that's happening at Asbury because they, they went out there last weekend. And I know several of you all did, which is awesome. Um, <clears throat> but on Wednesday morning, I got a text from her because I thought they shut it down on Sunday night. And she texted me and she said, I think if you go today, you might be able to get in. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <clears throat> I had heard that they were, they were doing stuff, but just for the students. And it was just like certain times or whatever. And that they, they were shutting things down. And I don't know if you guys heard this or not, but so many people went to that revival. I mean, it is so crazy. That town, how many does that town have? Like 6,000? 6,000 people, and there was 25,000 people who flooded that town in a day. So, sat, they didn't just saturate the campus, they saturated the town so much that the, the county police or whoever they were had to come out and, and actually turn people away. They had to turn people away because the, the town literally physically could not handle another person in there. That, that's a move of God. <laughs> Whoa. And why, why that town of all places? I thought it was Wilmer, but I guess it's Wilmore. Wil, Wilmore, Kentucky. <laughs> I get it. Wilmore fit. That's good. Wilmore fit. Well, about 25,000. That's crazy. So, but, but I, I just didn't know. And, and so I'm like texting her back. And then I called her and I'm like, what's going on? And she said, I, I heard that there's still people in the town. <laughs> she, she actually contacted somebody down there to verify this. Thank you so much. Um, and she heard that, that they were going to do a final service that night. Um, that they, they were only allowing college age and young adults and youth to go into the main building. And, and so 25 and under could go in there. But they were also having the overflow chapels right across the street. And she said that I'm pretty sure if you go, you're gonna get it. You're gonna be able to get in. And so, I went. <laughs> I got a shower and I said goodbye. 
And, and then I, I contacted Laura Rippey and Stephanie and, and Jessica got to come to cover the Wednesday night prayer time, which, by the way, I heard was fire. Come on. What in the heck's going on? Maybe I need to leave town more often. Whoa. I, I heard, though, it was crazy. That's what we're looking for. Crazy. Well, we're looking for God. Don't get crazy without God. We'll kick you out of here. But if you get crazy because of God, okay, I want it. All right? I'm just joking. Well, I'm not joking about that. I'm joking about kicking you out of here. But then again, we might. I don't know. All right, shut up, Jesse. Keep going. Anyway, I took the risk, and I went down there. It's a three-and-a-half-hour drive, and boy, was it worth it. It was so good. I got to town, and I asked, um, I asked the people who were guarding the, the main building, the, the security guys, will they allow pastors to go in there? Nope. <laughs> Wasted my trip, dude. Thanks. No, I'm just joking. But he said, no, they, they're only doing 25 and under, but you can go over there. And so, uh, but they weren't having the service until 7. So I was like, hey, is this town going to get flooded again like it did the other day? And he said, I think... Because people think it's not happening, I don't think it's going to be as bad. So that was kind of cool. Like, they actually told everybody they weren't doing it just to help me not have such a crazy crowd to deal with, right? That was God. So um, I, I got to go away for a few hours and actually worked on my book for a little bit while I ate a greasy cheeseburger with bacon and a bunch of other junk on it. It was pretty good. And uh, the Foxworth recommended a restaurant. What was that place called? Copper River. So if you guys ever go down there and you want to try a restaurant, try the Copper River. Um, so, oh, I wanted to tell you, though, that as I was driving into the town, you're like driving out on these country roads for a while. And I don't know how many miles out, but it's probably about 10 minutes out of the town. I, I, I turned on this one road, and all of a sudden I felt a shift in the spirit. And, I, and you did, who said that? Did you go down there? You felt that even before you got to the town? Whoa. I feel them right now even. I felt a shift in the spirit. And, and I've heard other people say that. I don't remember if it was somebody in here or, so, or who else, but said that when, oh, I think Ann told me that she felt like when she got there, she felt a shift in her spirit. But then when she left, the shift never went back. Come on. That's a good word right there. And uh, so I, I got to go back, and I got in line and I, to, the, to the, you know, the secondary building. And got in a pretty good spot, got a, had to wait for about an hour, and then they finally let, let us in. And I got to go sit down, and I had no idea who I was going to be with because the only people I went with, I had about six, six people with me, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and about three angels bodyguarding me. So there's us. But, uh, but I was sitting there. It looked like I was by myself. <laughs> and <clears throat> then these three dudes came and sat down right next to me. I'm like, all right, who, who, what crazy people I'm about to sit by? This is going to be fun. And after, like, he, he introduced himself immediately. And it, it was like instantaneous kindred spirit. It was so crazy. 
Like, this revival had thousands of people from all over, from every, all the different denominations. This is not like a, a Toronto outpouring. It's different, okay? People from Methodist churches and Baptist churches and every conservative church and revival churches and all of them go into this thing. You don't know who you're going to be sitting by. And, but this dude sits next to me, and it turns out they're from, they're from uh, uh, Canada, and turns out that they're part of a ministry that is a revival, like what I'm used to in ministry. They're connected with all the same people I'm connected with. We have all these common friends, and like done, we've done all these common events and different stuff. It was crazy. Like Of all the people I could have sat by, it was the ones that were probably the most like me. It was wild. So we had some encounters together that evening, probably a little different than other people's encounters, but it was fun. And uh, by the way, I thought Carrie Nicholson might have been there because somebody had pulled out a shofar and blew that thing so loud. And, but, and I, was expe- I didn't know what to expect with a shofar in that kind of environment. And everybody in the room just erupted in praise. It was wild. It was so cool. And so, but God was moving, and uh, there's just so much worship, so much praise. Um, things that are interesting about it are... It's just different than the revivals I've ever seen. Um, oh, I wanted to tell you, too, that, that, that guy from Canada, TJ was his name. Um, he told me that, that historically different revivals that have broken out in America have almost always coincided with revivals that broke out of Asbury. What? And he said that revivalists actually see Asbury as like a barometer of what God's about to start doing immediately after that. That's pretty wild. But then you see all this stuff that's like outbreaking in other places right now. It's like, whoa, that actually is a real thing that happened this time. He said it happened with the Pensacola revival. I guess it broke out of Asbury and then right after it happened there. I, I, don't, I don't know how all that stuff coincides, but that's pretty wild, isn't it? So there is an awesome presence by the way, like, I, sometimes I didn't even notice it, but, and I had to, like, hone in. But when I did, it was like, whoa, he's here. But, but, like, sometimes we get so focused on observing our environment, and we kind of can judge if God's moving by what we're seeing around us. And you might not see the things you would expect to see when God's moving around there because of the conservative culture of it. But it doesn't mean he's not moving. He is. He is. And there were times when I was even looking at this thing, and I'm like, this doesn't even feel like that fiery. Like, it's, it's amazing, but it doesn't feel like the exciting kind of a feel that you get with, 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 like, Toronto and Bethel and Lakeland and all these different things. But, like, when you look at the masses of young people whose lives literally have been transformed and in love with Jesus, and they probably didn't even really know what it meant to fu- fully love him two weeks ago. And they're like wanting to take this to other campuses. How can that not be a move of God? You know what I'm saying? So uh, it's just amazing. Um, it's, it's profound to not see the outward signs that I'm used to seeing, but seeing such a passion for Jesus and God moving in such a dramatic way. And so God was blowing my grid on a lot of things. How many of you guys need your grid blown? Every single one of you should raise your hand. We, we usually think that people, that people need to get God out of their box when they're like too, 
they're not charismatic enough. But the problem with this thing is there's a lot of charismatic people who need to do the exact same thing the other direction. Like get, get God out of your box where you think it has to look that certain way. Like God will show up however he darn well pleases. And, and he'll show up the right way. And he'll show up the way that people need him to show up. The way he determines that they need him to show up. Amen? So I'm excited about that. A lot of paradigm shifting. Um, I, I have a lot I'm processing through too. Like I, I mean, just being being a little vulnerable with you. Like there's there's things I'm processing as a as a leader of a church and what I believe that God wants to break out right here too. And and so I, I observe things and I'm seeing how things are going in places. And it's amazing what God's doing. And there can be pressures to try to figure out like. Is that what revival is going to look like? Is that what it needs to look like? Or does revival look like you start having ongoing meetings all the time? Does it mean that every day you need to start having meetings and that's how you, how you calculate revival showed up? Does it mean that you, you have Joseph go over there and flip the clock around again and, and let's not look at it anymore? Like what, what does it look like? Um, does it look like throwing our schedules out? Um, what does it look like? And there can be pressure for leaders to try to determine these things. And, and you know, but I don't want to fall into that. All right. I want to be careful to, to guard my heart and, uh, and just try to keep our, fo- our focus on Jesus. Um, see what he's doing. There, there is two messages that came out that night that, that was interesting. I was, the service went from like 7 to 12, 7 p.m. to 12 a.m., so, you guys with your Shoney's reservations, come on. Come on. But anyway, two, two messages that came out that night. One of them came by the very guy who spoke the first message. I don't remember his name. It's, his last name sounds like Meerkat or something. It's, it's not Meerkat, but do you, Zach, do you remember his last name? It's okay. Yeah, it's it's from another nationality, I think. But he actually used to be, he comes from a Jewish family, I learned that night. But he was the one that gave his message the day that this thing broke out. And and he he was, that day he was talking about, he, he took you took them through Romans 12, and it, it talks about all the different conditions of the heart that need to be fully surrendered to the Lord, and and so he, he walked them through each, each piece of it one by one and challenged people's hearts. Are you doing this well? Are you doing this well? Are you loving well? Are you loving other people well? Are you loving when it hurts well? All that kind of stuff and getting them really thinking about their hearts and stuff. And he actually thought that that message was, was a flub. He texted his wife afterwards and he said, he said I, I, I really whiffed this message and he said, I'll be home soon. We'll, we'll get lunch, have some sandwiches, be home soon. <laughs> he thought he totally blew it. Little did he know that he actually cracked open the heavens. Whoa. Come on. Boy, does that take pressure off. I, every, every Sunday now when I go home and I'm like, Jessica, I think I whiffed it. I'd be like, God, open the heavens. But man, like, like what he did 
was incredible because it, it wasn't like the most profound message, but it but it was it was profound because it's the gospel. It's, it doesn't matter how good of packaging it came in. It was it was truth from the word, and it pierced their hearts, and people came to repentance. They started. Re- he he left in, in a few. He thought that he was just going to say, "If you need to stay for a few minutes and pray or whatever." Like so many people stayed and prayed, and then they started worshiping. But people started pouring their hearts out in, in repentance to the Lord, and then like collectively, more people are like, "Whoa, what's going on over there?" I thought we were done, and they're like, "No, come on in." And then like it grew, and like a thousand people or whatever that night. What in the world? Like after like seventeen people turned into like a thousand or something. God's doing something. And so this is the guy. So this night, this was their final night, right? And there's a bunch of, in the other building, there's a bunch of people from different colleges that came so they could catch what God was doing there to take it back to their campuses. Because God has given so many prophetic words about campus revivals. And so these people came just wanting to go back and see the same thing happen. And so this was kind of like the night of closure, right? This is the night where they're going to be given their send-off words. And when he said what he was going to teach about, I, I thought, how in the world is that a send-off word? Because he started teaching about Sabbath rest. Like that, okay, I get it. You're, you're, a, you're a college Bible teacher, and you're going to hit on this topic one day. I get that. That's what, I, that's what I thought at first. I was like, how, like, are you just pulling a, your next message out for, the, for your plan over the next few weeks or what? But then he starts talking about the Sabbath rest. Oh, you guys need to receive this. I do too. He started talking about that passage in Matthew, I think it's Matthew 11, where Jesus said, if you are hung, if you're weary and tired, come to me, and I will give you rest, all right, and, and, and then he talked about in, in Hebrews 4, where it, where it talks about how God really wants to bring you into his rest, and he started talking about how rest is not, it's not about you taking a day off and, and turning Netflix on, it's not, a, it's not about you just, not, just getting on your video games and t- giving yourself a mental chill break, like, not, not saying those things are bad in and of themselves, but saying that's not actually what real Sabbath is. Sabbath is Jesus, and it's coming into him and, and letting Jesus minister to you and just break off all your striving and your works and everything that you thought that you needed to do to please him. Just let it all go and let him come and consume you in his love and give you peace to be who you are in him. And then he started, and I'm like, this is amazing, but why tonight? Why with this crowd? And then it made sense. Because he started talking to the, to the young people there that wanted to see revival on their campuses. And let me tell you, this person who's talking to you right now wants to see revival happen. This person right here wants to do the right thing, that, according to the Lord, to see revival come. Just like a lot of those people in that room did, right? And this is what he said. He said, he's, he's trying to give a charge to people who want to take revival to their campuses. And he said, go and rest. 
This is the dude that gave the sermon that broke this crazy thing out that's made it around the world. And his, his sending message is go and rest. Doesn't mean, it doesn't mean go and don't do anything. It's a, it means go and don't strive to try to make something happen because you cannot make it happen. He said we could not have made it happen. He said, he said you guys think you're surprised about what broke out here. Nobody is more surprised than we are. Because they didn't anticipate it. They wanted it and prayed for it, but they didn't see that coming. But his point was that only Jesus can bring revival. And we just need to fully yield ourselves to him and, and fully let him consume us and release all the striving and all the works and all the stuff that we think we have to do to accomplish his goals. Come on. Because when we do that, he will show up. He, he said he will show up. God will do it because he wants to, and it's what he's doing. Come on. That was a good word. And, and it was good for me. As I, as I was just saying a, a few minutes ago, that I'm processing through a lot. And I'm looking, I'm observing things that are happening. And it's like, so do people think revival is extended meetings or or people think that revival is the, the the people who put it on stay busy constantly so that people can come and get their fix i don't know what people think revival is like when they really get down to it but i'll tell you what i think revival is it's not a bunch of works that we're doing there is work involved so we can serve the lord our king and to serve one another we have to posture ourselves to serve well or we will not be able to sustain what he's doing. So that's very important. But what I believe that revival is, what I believe that revival looks like, is God's sovereign presence coming in and lighting people on fire and setting them free so that they can start doing whatever's needed to let their fire roar. Come on. That's, I believe that's revival. Hallelujah. My faithful Kevin back there. I love you, buddy. That, I, I want to tell you something, man. I feel like God's showing me that you have a real evangelistic spirit in you, man. I, I see that in you, and I acknowledge that in the name of Jesus. Why don't you guys point your hands to Kevin real quick. Lord, I ask you just to fill him with a fire from heaven right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, just light him on fire like he's never been lit, Lord. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We're going to be praying for some people here in just a few minutes, guys. My tension, my, my tension with what's going on and, and what we're pressing into is this, is that we know that God's given us a mandate right here in Overflow. We have a mandate from heaven. We have specific vision, specific calling, specific things we're trying to build, and we cannot, um, we cannot relent on that. We've got to stay the course. We've got to keep beating the drum. We've got to keep building on the foundations, and we can't let it go. All right? So we've we got to continue contending for the breakthroughs of all that God's promised us right here in Overflow Church. We've got to continue contending for breakthrough, for these things that he has in store for us right here. We can't stop contending just because we want to go receive something else. 
If we stop contending because we want to go receive where it's happening, then we'll, then we'll jip the kingdom of heaven of all the things that are yet still be established. Okay? So we can't not do the right things with that. But, that's, but here's the tension. is we're going, to, we're going to continue with that. At the same time, we cannot avoid honoring the point of what God's doing. So we have to still, uh, we gotta, we got to pause and recognize what God's doing, and we've got to see it, and we've got to recognize there's an outpouring, and that we want that too, and so we want to let it flow into us. And so I believe that what God wants to do is it's a both and, okay? It's a, we get to receive something that's pouring, and get to add it into what we're doing, and I believe that God just wants to escalate and increase things he's doing right here, take it to the next level. We're in a Kairos moment. We're in a real Kairos moment that needs to be stewarded. We don't want to miss the Kairos moment. God's doing something huge right now. I want to be a part of it, but I want to see him bring it into what we're doing too because this is our call. Amen? So revival is here. This is meant to help propel us into our destinies. I want to say that one more time. This revival is meant to help propel us into our destinies. So we want to, you know, it's, it's only going to increase as long as we enter into it by faith and steward it in our lives and in our church. So our assignment has not changed, but let us allow revival to amp things up. Come on. I'm about to close, but we're going to go into some ministry here in a few minutes. Jeremiah Johnson posted this. I want to read it to you. With a generation so desperate for revival and awakening, the power of consecration and holiness is absolutely necessary to see heaven come to earth. We must continue to pray for the miraculous and engage in prayer and worship. But the call to holiness and consecration must not and cannot be ignored any longer. Yes to miracles, prophecy, prayer and worship. But we must also embrace the lost art of holiness and consecration in this hour. Jesus Christ is coming back for a pure and spotless bride not a harlot called Babylon. Okay? Last week, I, I shared with you guys about um, four things that move God. Four things that move God. One of them is your hunger for Him. Hunger moves God. Blessed are the hungry and thirsty. They will be filled. The, another thing that moves God is expectant faith. I've been preaching on this for weeks and weeks. Expectant faith. you got to not just believe that God is and, and can do something, but expecting that He is and will do something. That moves God. Another thing that moves God is repentant hearts. Come on. And then another thing that moves God, this is the fourth one I said, is Christ-centered unity. Unity moves God. Amen?
And I, I also realized that I was so jacked up in the Holy Spirit last week, which is a good thing. If you don't understand the word jacked up in my language, it's a good thing. I started reading to you out of Acts 2, but I didn't finish it. I realized that later. <laughs> it's like, all right, I guess I was focusing on verse 1 only. But I want to read it to you right now. It's, it's Acts 2, 1 through 4. It says, and I want, to, I want to say this before I read it. It precludes with chapter 1. It talks about how there's 120 people who gathered together in the upper room, and they prayed every day because Jesus said, I want you to gather and pray and tarry and wait for the promise of the Father, which is going to be the Holy Spirit. And so 120 people came together in unity. It says one heart, one mind. Everybody say one heart, one mind. All right? So unity of spirit focused on the same thing. And so they were praying and then, and then Acts 2.1, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord. Everybody say, one accord. one accord. In one place. Come on. So they were in agreement in the Spirit with what they were there for. And they were actually literally there. Those of you all online, bless you guys. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but they were there. Okay? You... It's okay to be online and, you know, when you need to be, but, like, God actually wants his people together as much as we can in unity, not just together, but in unity, going after the same thing. And it's his kingdom, it's his presence, it's the glory of God, it's the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So they were together in one place, and, and in verse 2 it says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So they had an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, but then they were able to go and take the power that God put in them and go bring it to the world around them. They, took it, they met in the church then they took it out to the world. But they always came back and they met in the church and then they would take it back in the world. They met together and encountered God, but then they took it to the people around them. And God wants to bring an outpouring, guys. And he's doing an outpouring right now. And we're going to press into this in the name of Jesus Christ. So I want you guys right now to, uh, to just to, why don't you stand with me if you can. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually uh, do a few things if you guys... If, if, I, if this gets wearisome physically, you can sit down and stand back up if you need to, all right? But I want us to um, take a moment here and just ask the Lord again if there's anything that he needs you to repent to him for. Whether it's bad belief systems, whether it's sins that you haven't for, asked for forgiveness with. I felt this morning that the Lord told me there's people who have sins that they've forgotten about years ago that they never repented of before. And you're carrying burdens on your shoulders and didn't even know that's why. But when the Lord shows you that thing you never repented of, you can repent to Him and ask Him to forgive you and release it, and you're going to feel break th things break off your shoulders. So start asking Him, is there anything that the Lord... Um, that, that, that's causing the Lord to not feel safe to come close to you with in your life? Anything. Just ask Him. 
I'm not going to start pointing these things out right now. I, I went through a list last week, but I, want you just to, I just want you to ask the Lord to show you, is there anything, anything at all, that you need to get cleansed in the blood of Jesus right now? It could be unbelief. It could be unforgiveness. It could be things you hold against people. It could be that somebody wounded you and you haven't released them, released them to the Lord. It could be that you wounded somebody and were too proud to acknowledge it. Ask the Lord, is there pride? Ask the Lord. Can you put can you put that music on in the background? <clears throat> and I, I also want to I want to give you an invitation right now too that um, as you're like if the Lord's putting something on your heart that you need to repent of, please do it right now. Ask Him. Jesus loves you. He is not judging you. Okay, like He's not looking at a thing with a with spite in His heart towards you. He actually wants you to get free from that thing so that he can bring his kingdom into you in a, in a greater way. He wants to release revival to you. So, so ask him if there's anything you need to release to him and just do it right now. And, and don't miss the opportunity to let Jesus love on you in that place and to minister forgiveness to you. Like receive the forgiveness. And if your heart is clear, then I want you to take a moment right now. There's a grace to press into hunger for God. There's a grace to just stir up your hunger for the Lord. You can choose to be hungry. And if you, if you don't feel hungry for God, repent of that. But, but shift your heart into a place of hunger right now. Press into it. And press into expectancy. We've been talking a lot about faith expects God to show up right now. Faith, believing is receiving. Believing is expecting. Just expect God right now to come and to touch you right where you are. I feel his presence increasing in you right now. Thank you, God. Expect him, expect him, expect him to come and touch you now. To love on you now. Expect God to come and touch you. To touch you. And to lavish you with his love. When Lorne was singing that song over us earlier, I just really felt like the Lord confirmed in my heart that this revival is going to really include a lot of lavish love encounters. Let Him come and love on you. He does not hold those things against you. He just wants you to release them because they're blocking His ability to, to release kingdom to you.